You're listening to a podcast from 702. Uh, now, coming up in the next hour, our masterclass talking about creativity, a vital skill for our survival. In this day and age, now think about this, we need to be able to adjust to the changing world around us. And going back to a year ago, we never dreamt we would have to go through what we went through and many people have lost their jobs in fact listening now to Safiso Zulu in Eyewitness News and talking about the fact that some people just run out of money they can't feed their families so this is what has happened people have lost their jobs people have got nothing basically and they have to account to those around them in other words they've got to feed their kids their spouses you have to provide so The pressure is now on us to do something, but perhaps there doesn't have to be a pressure whatsoever. Perhaps it just has to be about creativity, where you create something around you, you create a business, you create a space that is good for you. And perhaps as well, it doesn't always have to be about money. Maybe you just want to change your life. Maybe you're totally unhappy and you want to sort of morph into something else. And you can do this by becoming creative. So this afternoon, I invite your calls as well, 011-883-0702. But talking now about being creative, talking about sort of reaching out there and changing your life to the way you think it should be into what you want to be. Because think about it, Steve Jobs, if he never went and did the whole Apple thing, maybe Bill Gates decided, oh, there's computers, they aren't for the future. Or J.K. Rowling thought, well, I don't really want to write books, you know, Harry Potter, no one will like it. They wouldn't have become that. So this afternoon in our masterclass, talking about creativity. 702. Masterclass. And joining us is Lynn Porchita, entrepreneur, author, color therapist, and creativity teacher. Lynn, good afternoon. Good to have you on 702. Uh, good afternoon, Ray, and thank you so much for having me. What is a color therapist? Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that can be a loaded question. <laughs> so um, as a color, <laughs> I use color as a tool for, for coaching. So for personal development, growth, and evolution as a person. So um, different colors have different meanings. And according to those colors, um, I, I can translate the colors that you choose. Um, sounds very technical, but you choose a few colors. I translate those colors into physical challenges, emotional, mental, or spiritual challenges. So, yes, uh, it's a coaching tool. All right. Okay. Now we know. It just sort of caught my eye as I read out your <laughs> title this afternoon. Talking now about creativity, what is your definition of creativity? Um, first of all, Ray, thank you for that beautiful introduction because I think you, you sort of summed it up that we need to be creative with what we have in the new world. So, and, and you also mentioned Steve Jobs. He said it is connecting the dots. The dictionary says creativity is the use of imagination or original ideas to create something. Science has gone a little bit further and um, it says creativity is an idea that is novel, good and useful. But as we are uh, almost forced to be more creative, you can you can get your own definition of creativity. And to me, creativity is how you lead your life and navigate demands and challenges of the everyday. 
Okay, all right. So if you are listening to this interview and you're sitting at home and you're thinking, I need to change my clothes, my hair, my face, my everything. I want to be somebody else. I want my own business. What should you do? Where do you start with being creative? Okay, so that's also a very good question because um, I think for the longest time we have had the wrong end of the stick of what it means to be creative. I think we have linked and associated creativity with artistry. So the ability to make beautiful things or to write beautiful poems or to write novels or whatever. But creativity is much more than that. So where you start, and this is kind of strange, is you start by First, recognizing your kind of creative in your unique way, because lots of people believe that they're not creative because I think of the fact that we have associated with being artistic. So first of all, recognize that you are a creative being. You are born creative. And then um, definitely start by opening your mind. <laughs> I don't know how many mm. listeners have um, heard of the concept or the turn of cognitive dissonance where um, it is a mental discomfort that results from holding two conflicting beliefs, values or attitudes. So people tend to run away from this by rejecting it, explaining it away or avoiding new information. So if you catch yourself dismissing information without getting curious about something, you are basically stifling your creativity. So for me, the first thing is to we decide that I will be open to new ideas and new information. And the second one, which is very important, is to start um, also observing. Awareness and observe um, being observant are two of the sort of like building blocks of becoming creative, where you just sit back, you see what's going on around you, and in that stillness and in that quietness, inspiration is born. See, now that's interesting. And Besides that, would you also, as you look around in your environment and you see something and you think perhaps you could even do it better. I was uh, watching a documentary on electricity and we have uh, Thomas Edison who comes along and he invents this, this electricity thing called direct current. And then Nikola Tesla comes along and says, I like your idea, but let's make it AC current, uh, alternating current, because it can then go from city to city. In other words, he just took somebody else's idea and created something better. Oh, absolutely. You can improve on someone else's um, idea. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel, basically. You can look at something and see, mm, you know, maybe I can make some improvement. And that's also a kind of creativity or um, innovation, as we call it. But, um, you know, there's actually two distinct kind of creativities, small C creativity and big C creativity. And the Thomas Edison's of this world and the Steve Jobs and JK Rowling's, they ha have what we call the big C creativity, which is like changing people's lives, changing the world, like the whole world knows about them. Um, and then the small C creativity is more for, uh, for us, um, ordinary people where, you know, in your daily life, you create things. And, and often this kind of creativity is unrecognized and unrewarded. 
Um, so yes, I, I think it's, a, it's, it's quite important to make that important distinction that there's a big creativity and there's small creativity and they are equally important. Looking at some of the notes given to me here, a survey done by Adobe found that only one in four people believe they are creative. Now that's quite something because I suppose some people think, well, I'll just work for a company and if I don't, I'll have to find a job somewhere else. Not I will create a job. Yes, and I am such a I am such a believer and advocate for for being your own boss and being an entrepreneur, irrespective of what you do. If you can put a roof over your head and food on the table, I think that is being successful, and that's successful. So, um, no, that's where an open mind comes in. You know, it's not the end of the world if you are, uh, uh, you know, are retrenched or you lose your job or whatever. There are always something somewhere that you can do if you are willing to give your own creativity a chance, to be open-minded, to be perceptive and to, to see what's going on around you. And then the other thing, Ray, is that um, often we have this, these great ideas, but a lot of people, this is also sort of one of the statistics, people are scared to share the, their ideas because mm. they're scared to be judged. People are going to say, oh, my goodness, where, do, where, how did that happen? Oh, goodness, that will never work. And I think that's something that we also have to overcome, that kind of self-doubt or that fear. Just put it out there or try something. You know, you never know if it's going to work if you don't try. And failure is part of also being creative because you learn from your mistakes. What then is true creativity? And is it much more than just making pretty things or connecting the dots? What is true creativity? How do you sort of say to yourself, this is the person I always should have been? Um, to me, is the moment you open your eyes in the morning, you start the process of creation. When you decide or choose what your mood is going to be, irrespective of what's going on around you. Or if you decide you're going to have three cups of coffee instead of one, and now you, you know, you're a little bit, <laughs> you feel almost like on a high for the rest of the day because of those three cups of coffee. You have set the process of creation um, into action, and that determines how your day is going to be. So uh, to me, true creativity is when you can sort of co-create with life. Life gives you lemons. You make lemonade. Sounds like a cliche, <laughs> but it's yeah. actually true where you say, you know what, this is what I have and this is how I can, can either see me? it or perceive it. I can do with it or react. Yeah, sometimes you've got no no choice in the matter. We're speaking to Lynn Porchetta, entrepreneur, author, color therapist and creativity teacher. Your calls, 11 702 Masterclass. Talking this afternoon about creativity in our masterclass, and it's so important at this time because we are looking at unemployment of over, what, over 31%. In fact, the actual figure, I think, is way over 40%. Those are the people who have just given up looking for employment. So creativity is so important. And besides that as well, do you always want to just work for a company or do you want to work for yourself? Do you want to create a world that you live in that is for you? You own that world and we're speaking to Lynn Potkita, entrepreneur, author, color therapist and creativity teacher. Lynn, creativity teacher, can you actually teach creativity? 
Um, that's a very good question, right? And you know what? That's one of the one of the big questions that people ask Google. <laughs> you can actually, you, know, you can actually learn to be more creative. So it's like a muscle. You have to exercise it. But as I said previously, or just uh, before the break, you have to first recognize that you have this ability, you have this capability, and then you have to start practicing it, and maybe find that thing that you're really good at. And I'm talking about you are a good mediator or you are good with your hands or you have brilliant ideas that other people don't have or you have you are like a trend spotter or you are very good with animals and nature and people. So all those kind of things are actually um, kinds of or types of creativity. So, yes, it can be taught. But first, that self-belief um, has to start. And then also, I think what has also put people a little bit off the off the track, I can say, is that we have always said about the left brain and the right brain and that the right brain people are the creatives and the left brain is all the analytical ones. But we actually need both hemispheres of the brain to be creative. So, um, yes, we can definitely learn to be more creative. Now that's interesting because you get people with high IQs, people with high EQs, and now we got CQs. So how does this all play into each other? Yeah, it's interesting that that IQ has always been like the top one, you know, you have to be very smart and intelligent and all of that to make it in the world of work or just to make it. But they have studies have shown that EQ, emotional intelligence, is actually more important than IQ. And I also believe that the soft skills, the essential, the vital skills, the, the life skills are actually more important than, than the actual hard skills. Um, and now creative intelligence is 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 a mindset. So as the world evolves and changes, as we've seen with COVID, we also have to then move to this next level of of improving our creative intelligence. So improving our mindset when it comes to solving problems. Um, but the other interesting thing is that there's a direct color correlation between high EQ and then creative intelligence. Because in fact, you need to be in a good mood or in a good space mentally and emotionally to be able to create, to be able to solve problems and challenges. So how do you do that if you've just been retrenched and you have been sent home with a package and you now need to fend for yourself? Is it because the pressure is on now you'll be more creative or will this perhaps hinder you? Um, it, I think it will definitely hinder you because it's, it's such a big, it's such, it's, it's such a big traumatic event. It's a life, you know, it's a life event that causes a lot of trauma and shock. So if you can just get over that initial shock, um, and I, I'm not a great fan of false positivity. So I, 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 I believe and I advocate that you need to feel and go through those emotions, but don't stay there forever. And I think that's the main thing. After the initial shock, then you have to dust yourself off and get up and then make a plan. And I, and what I always say is what, what, what is your interest? What is your passion? And what have you been, what, what are you very good at up to now? Maybe you even, I mean, you, you haven't lived your passion or your purpose while, while you had a full time job. And maybe that's your chance now to do that. So it's also then about that mindset to say that, you know what? I have something to offer. I am someone of value and I'm going to find that one thing. And then you have to start doing your research and, and doing your, and maybe your market research and ask 
questions and maybe ask, you know, Dr. Google or Uncle Google um, <laughs> what, is, what is needed. <laughs> and you know what? It actually sort of happened to me. As a color therapist, I used to do a, a lot of corporate wellness days. And with COVID, I mean, that is like that's completely off the table. And I had to find a way to – and I love color and I love color therapy, but I had to find a way – to sort of uh, pivot, which is a very, <laughs> also mm. a very big buzzword. But I took my color therapy principles and my color psychology knowledge, and I thought, how can I turn this into something that the world probably needs now? And then um, I stumbled upon creativity, and I linked the two. I, I found a link between the two. And that's when I started the whole creativity journey. So I think take, take what you have and your experience and see how you can turn it into something else or different or better. Are you not also running the risk, though, of getting into something out of your depth? Now, a lot of people, what they would like to do, they would go and open up. I want to open up my own pub. I think I'll do that. I'll take my life savings and I'll go and open up this pub. And then a year later, you've lost your life savings. Is that not a danger? Yes, definitely. <laughs> but the other thing is one of the, one of the characteristics of creative people is taking risks, but calculated risks. So yes, um, follow your heart, but take your head with you. And that's also sort of a kind of a, a play on being creative. You know, you need both sides of the brain. So yes, feel this passion, know what you want to do, but then also uh, take informed decisions. Don't just you know, go out there and get your pub. Make sure that there's a need for it. Do your market research. Maybe keep a little bit of savings. Maybe get a partner. So be be creative around that concept of yours, and 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 make sure. Um, yes, you are you're going to take a risk. Um, it's part of it. But like I said, take your mm. head with you. Nkululeko in the Vol. Hi. Good afternoon. Welcome to Seven O Two. You have a few comments and questions. Yes, I wanted to find out because she, when she started the conversation, she says she was, uh, she was able to determine the type of mood a person has with the colors that they've got. But however, having different cultures, every color has a different meaning. And um, those meanings have um, a deep connotation behind them. So whatever, let me say, um, um, a Hindi person, or whether it's religious or culturally, Every color has a different meaning. So how does she determine what mood they are considering uh, the, the various cultural and religious um, backgrounds that we've got within South Africa? So I'd like to know that. Very good question. Thank you, Nkululeko. Lynn, your answer to that? Thank you. Thank you for that question. Um, you know what? Um, I questioned this whole color thing when I first started it. I, I know that different cultures have different meanings when it comes to color. You know, it represents different things to different people. Um, and I've actually tested it because that was one of my concerns and I tested it. So I, I do a lot of color readings at corporate wellness days and we have all kinds of people doing this. I've also done color readings for people in, in, for example, Europe and South America and Canada, where they also have different, um, different meanings attached to different colors. And what I've noticed is that because it's a, a spiritual language in a way, and I work, I work with the energy centers or the chakras. Um, when I have, when someone has chosen those colors and I interpret them, it, it sort of takes a 
way, the, the cultural meanings in a way. Um, and it's more about the soul and about the person right in front of me and the individual. And it is extremely accurate because it, it like I said, I've tasted this and it's extremely accurate in the sense that it tells me exactly where you hold stress on a physical level. What are the underlying emotion? Mm. What is the underlying mental uh, thought process behind it? But that's a very good question. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> Hope that did help. Uh, talking to Lynn Potkitter about creativity. She's an entrepreneur, author, color therapist and creativity teacher. More of your questions coming up in the next half hour. 702 Masterclass Talking about creativity in our masterclass this afternoon, and I've loved this discussion because it sort of takes your career that you may not like and you put it somewhere and you open up your mind and you think to yourself, I can do something else. I can do something else with my life. I can create someone or something. I can be happy. And I think that's the big thing. Joining us once again is Lynn Portketer, entrepreneur, author, color therapist, and creativity teacher. Lynn, it is all about happiness, isn't it? Yes, uh, definitely. And I think COVID um, has really, really shown and taught us that it is actually just about being happy, you know, and we have, we actually, that we have enough, you know, if you, and I've said it, I think at the beginning of COVID for now, if I have a roof over my head and I have something to eat, and I know lots of people don't actually, but it is actually so simple. And I'm, I'm also someone who likes the simple things in life. And I think we have to return to that simplicity. And then happiness is actually the ultimate goal. And creativity can make you happy. Yeah. Right. So talking about being creative, can you, this is a master class, can you do a class in creativity? Are these classes available? Um, you don't find them that often, but because of this whole, this big fuss about around creativity in the workplace, they have been popping up all over the place. Um, and I have also created one, which I call the creative leadership makeover plan. So I have taken seven, seven, the seven building blocks of what it means to be creative and how you can change your environment and your emotions and your mindset and all of that to become more creative. Um, so uh, that's one of my creations. But yes, you can actually learn. And there are universities all over the world that actually now teach creativity. And I think they should actually teach it to children as well. Not not only paint and draw and, and uh, you know, baking mud cakes or something, which is actually very important, but still learning what it really learning what it is to to be creative. And then also, I think, and this, this is one TED talk by Sir Ken Robinson, where he talks about creativity and how the school system, and maybe you're going to step on a few toes now, mm-hmm. kills creativity in children. Um you know, where we must really not, we must encourage that among children and adults to, to stay creative and to think creatively and to live creatively. And also the other thing is, I think creativity makes the world a be- more beautiful place and, and we need that too. Interesting you say that because there are those two, those two schools of thought, if I can use the pun, put it that way, where on the one hand, you go to school and you are told you will do it that way. Then you have the other line of thinking where some schools go, well, little Johnny, uh, look at that picture over there. And what does it actually say to you? Or how should you do the picture? And a lot of people come in for criticism on that point. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think, and, and you know what, that's actually part of my, my course is, or my workshop is to teach that criticism can be good for creativity. Because if you are a dreamer, you don't always have your feet <laughs> firmly on the ground. Um, and so, yes, but also the self-criticism, you know, but then you have to have that mental creativity where you decide whether you're going to take this as criticism or as like constructive criticism or as destructive criticism and say, you know what, let me think about it. And then I will make up my mind. And that's also, a, a, a you know, a kind of creativity. Okay, I hear you. I see you. Um, maybe I can improve here or there, but ultimately it's up to me what I will do with my product or my service. Yeah. SMS here from Miles. He says, why is it that the best creatives like Van Gogh come from, uh, come from unhappy and stressful states of mind? Happiness does not make you creative. And I, I, I see what he's saying because the artist who's in pain, if I look at Adele, she had all those songs and she was going through those horrible relationship breakups, yet we got like about five or six number one singles. It was quite something. <laughs> That's also a very good question and observation. Um, no, we don't have to cut off our ears like Van Gogh to, to create something beautiful. For everyday people, we have to be creative. Uh, we have to be happy or in a good mood because... When you are stressed and you are worried and concerned about something, all of your energy, and I'm talking about thoughts and emotions and, and actions, go into solving, uh, go into that worry. It's almost like you are, you, you can't move forward. You can't take that next step because you don't actually often don't have the physical energy to take that next step or the emotional mental energy because you are so worried and concerned about this thing. But if you can put yourself and get yourself in a state of maybe neutrality or say, you know what, let me for this moment pretend, <laughs> fake it till you make it, that I'm happy and see if I can find a solution. So for everyday people, we don't have to be like the, 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 the tortured artist to find solutions. Right. Coming back with your questions, O double one eight eight three O seven O two. Also talking about management styles and making your, your workplace more creative. Our guest today is Lynn Putkita, entrepreneur, author, color therapist and creativity teacher. O double one eight eight three O seven O two. Seven O two Masterclass Talking about creativity in our masterclass today, Lynn Putkita is an entrepreneur, author, color therapist, and creativity teacher. Lynn, in the last five minutes, a few SMSs coming in about management style, and I think the gist of it is managers are not creative with their staff. What should management be doing to keep their staff happy, I suppose? <laughs> That's a very good question. I am absolutely a believer in creative leadership and in creative management styles. So I think managers must be more aware of um, their staff's kind of creativity. As I said before, some are very good at, like people are doing very good at admin. Some are some people are very good at leading uh, a meeting. Some are very good at mediating when you have a difficult or a tough uh, customer or even a colleague at work. Um, you deal with it in an appropriate way so that you don't like sever, sever, uh, sever the relationship. So managers, first of all, I think must learn or be must maybe discover or explore the nature of creativity and what it means to be a creative leader. And then 
also create the space for people to live out their kind of creativity. And uh, um, one of the things that I also sort of teach is that your physical environment has a huge impact on how creative and productive you are. For example, the lightning, the temperature, the, the color that you use in this space. So managers can create a physical space to sort of cultivate a culture of creativity and get to know your get to know your people for like who they are and their real skills and talents. I remember once working in a newsroom and the walls were yellow and I was doing too much overtime and eventually started hating the color yellow and I still hate the color yellow because of that. So you're saying, in other words, make sure that there's a vibrant environment that people, when they come to work, they actually cheer up a little bit. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, this is taking me back to my color, my color therapy days and principles is that color has a huge impact on our mood and our um, uh, and our productivity and creativity. So, yes, absolutely. And then also the senses, like engage all the senses, that there's something to touch, to smell, to hear, to listen to, to feel. I mean, then also uh, obviously the, the uh, sense of vision to see something. So uh, that's a first step in um, creating the right environment for your staff to feel like comfortable and like you say, happy and then ultimately more creative and productive. Yeah. I remember once as well, we had this massive chalk room and you go into this chalk room and my boss said to me, right, everybody, just write on the chalk room wall what you would like to do, what stories you would like to follow. And it was lovely because the stories flowed, the creativity came out of this whole experience. Do you find, Lynn, that this isn't happening today, that it's just nine to five, go to work, work hard and go home? Yeah, absolutely. There's no room also excuse the pun for play there's no room for just having fun or having like discussions or like you said writing on a on the chalkboard i think that's a brilliant idea you know where everybody can write maybe the the affirmation for the day or their word for the day and maybe someone can connect connect the dots and make a a big you know the pieces of the puzzle so yes there must be time we must make time to play at work as well then also what i've noticed doing i also used to work for uh, in a newsroom (laughs) and then at like the corporate wellness days i'm like what why are these spaces so bland and gray and beige i mean you can't leave your whole personality and your whole life behind when you walk through the office door so um yeah no i I think we must bring in a lot more color definitely and that already creates a a much friendlier happier environment yeah it's very interesting i there's sms here saying that's great and all ray but i'm sitting at home working from home behind my computer what should i do and i think that's a very good sms definitely okay so first of all i always say your environment um see if you can make your your work your home office a little bit prettier even if you just add a plant or maybe you you just change something around you hang a picture on a different wall or you move your furniture around also a very big part of being creative is to take breaks to exercise so definitely get up take a break from what you're busy with and just walk around either if it's just in the room or maybe down the road or around the house or something like that and then eating healthily your brain needs that that, that nutrition so that it can be creative. So see that you drink a lot of water, you get enough sleep, 
you have a rainbow on your plate um, and, and change something around in your environment. I see people stay in the same space year in and year out, never change uh, a vase or a picture on the wall, nothing. Everything just stays stagnant and that's not good for, for creativity. So if you're working from home, see what you can add to make that space a little bit more welcoming and definitely take more breaks. Well, let's begin to wrap up our conversation. So somebody is listening to this interview, our 702 landers, and they're thinking, I want to be creative. Then take us through about five steps of how to go from where you are now into what you want to be. In other words, it's a bit like that cocoon opening up and the butterfly coming out. Okay, step one, recognize your kind of creativity. I am good with words. I am good with gardening. I am good at um, making spaces beautiful. I am good with coming up with ideas. So first of all, recognize your kind of creativity. So we need a little bit of introspection here. Secondly, take a step to do something about it. So, um, you know, if you believe that you are physically very creative, move your move the room around. If you have, um, you're great with ideas, uh, come up with a new idea for something. So observe something and then see how can I do it differently. Um, then thirdly, always check in with your mood. If you need to solve a problem or you have to overcome some, either it's a life challenge or a challenge at work or at home, see, check in with your mood. How am I feeling in this moment? Do I have the capacity? Do I have the emotional or mental energy to, to solve this problem? Um, the next thing is to become curious about something that you're not interested in. <laughs> so mm. my husband loves popular mechanics and I, 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 I just say, no, there's nothing that, that would interest me in that magazine. But I have decided I will pick up that magazine and start reading, even though it's not, I'm not interested at all. So become curious about something that you know nothing of or that you think you are this, this, you know, there's no synergy. And then lastly, um, sort of test your beliefs. Like I said earlier, cognitive dissonance. Was, yeah. Talk to someone um, that you, you know, something, someone who's completely different to you and let them challenge your beliefs and your mindset a little bit. And so before you make up your mind, decide that, okay, I am open to this and I'm open to learning something new. I like that. But now, hold on, you spoke about your husband. So perhaps should you not bring your partner into your creativity to get that person to create with you because two minds better than one? Oh, absolutely. And um, he he is also an artist in a way. And he has been bugging me to uh, explore my creativity in the sense of making things. And I'm like, no, no, no. Have you seen my stick figures? I cannot draw <laughs> or paint or anything. <laughs> so for me, that would be a next step. Because I believe I'm not creative in that way, I am. Um, he will then <laughs> um, teach me, I suppose, to be creative in that way as well. Yeah. And then, of course, it goes into once you've been creative, I suppose you have to get the endorsement from friends, from family, from others. Who else should you get buy in when it comes to deciding on the line that you want to take? Um, sure. As an entrepreneur, I know that it is a very lonely world. So um, it is good to have the support of family and friends and maybe colleagues and all of that. But in the end, you have to follow your heart and follow your sort of bliss and know that, you know what, I'm going to do this anyway. So, yes, it's nice to get buy-in, but so many, you know, 
everybody has a different opinion. Um, I would say if there's the self-belief, um, that's the, the best buy-in that you can get. Lynn, do you have a website somewhere people can go and have a greater look into being a creative whiz? They can get insights into what to do next. Yes, my website is lynnpotgieter.co.za and um, on the homepage you will you will see what I do and then there's also a page called courses where you will find the creative leadership makeover plan. Ah, there we go. There are courses there. Just very briefly, tell us more yeah. about those. Very briefly. Okay, so definitely the, the creative thinking one or the creative leadership one, I will teach you how to be a creative leader. And then I think these days we need entrepreneurial thinking and I teach that. So the mindset and the characteristics that you need and need to explore and integrate so that you can be an entrepreneur of your life, self-leadership. Now, that sounds great. Lynn Putkita, entrepreneur, author, color therapist, and creativity teacher. Good to have you on 702. I look forward to chatting to you in the future. Thank you, Ray. Thank you so much. And have a great